All right, what's going on? How's everybody doing? It's uh, it's the Infinite Frame Prime Time with Billy Ray Valentine, right? That's what we're doing here on FreeWorld.fm. This would be my normal time slot. Well, I, I'm going to be coming on live here, doing things moving forward, Lord willing. But we figured we'd record our uh, roundtable, UFO roundtable here live and share it with all of you since uh, we didn't get to do it uh, New Year's, uh, you know, uh, in 2023, I should say. It is 2024. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Greetings and blessings to all of you. And I have a, some of my favorite people here today, Mr. Anderson, whom I've never met before. And I'm sure he'd be one of my favorite. Well, I met you once, actually. Briefly. You already I'm, forgot. I'm sure, you know what? Hey, I forget a lot of things, bro. Okay. <laughs> so, but uh, but um, I, I'm sure he'd be one of my favorite people if, if I got to know him just a little bit more. And I'm sure I'll get that opportunity. We're going to Tony Arterburn, the wisest of all the wolves. What's going on, sir? How you doing? I'm doing great. Well, first of all, thanks for doing the swap cast and taking uh, prime time with Billy Ray Valentine and converting into this weird hybrid. Uh, we're going to talk about UFOs, roundtable discussion, best history, best evidence. What are they? Um, I just uh, appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. There's something playing in the background, isn't it? Yeah, well, I just ended it. I think, uh, okay. yeah, I don't know. Mr. Anderson couldn't hear the music. Maybe he heard the last little bit of the uh, commercial on there. I don't know. <laughs> I did. Mr. Chris no, Graves is here. Look at him. Look at him. We didn't. We haven't even gotten to talk to him uh, at the pre-show, but he's here. Uh, what a surprise to all of us. How you doing, buddy? What's going on? Hey, happy 2024. On, What's up, sir? Yeah, happy new year, guys. Happy uh, new year to you, bro. How you feeling? I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm just doing deliveries, so I'm glad I made it just in time, so oh, glad man. to be here. Well, well, thank you for taking the time, brother. Thank you, and I, and I hope... Uh, you did a lot of deliveries, man. I'm sure one day you're going to be, oh, my God, that's Chris Graves dropping off my stuff. How you yeah. doing? You know? <laughs> yeah, in a blizzard, <laughs> too. It's pretty dangerous today. Right? How, how bad is it over there by you? Oh, it's been going since last night in Massachusetts. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. Over here, we got next to nothing. Yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of ice water and people got scared, you know, but uh, I was waiting for the snow. I wanted it to come, you know, Let's, I'm, I'm dreaming of a white New Year. All right. Mr. Anderson, how are you? Uh, judging I'm, by your picture, you're not going to be able to talk to me, but uh, let's hope let's hope you can. What's up, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Billy? Uh, you know, ch uh, chilling. What's going on with you? <laughs> you not doing? too much. I'm just uh, hoping I can make an impression on you so you remember me now. Ah, man, I'm I'm sure. I'm I'm, I'm sure that'll happen. Then again, you know, it's it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with this thing <laughs> up here. All right, so so we're gonna do our UFO roundtable, man, and, and I love talking about UFOs. Um, uh, sometimes uh, through what I've come across doing a fringe, sometimes I come across people that I'm like, could this be real? Um, but there were some people that I really wanted to talk to that I'd never got a chance to, especially a stationed out of here, out, out of New York, uh, that, that have passed away. We'll get into that, uh, throughout the course of the hour, but, 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 uh, alien implants were always fascinating to me, right? Because there's some according to some, there's some evidence that that's true and that's real, right? And there's objects inserted in people's bodies that can't be explained, right? And and that, if we find one of those, that's enough, right? Just one in the entire world, that's enough. That's, that, that's all the evidence we need. And of course, I want to believe, right? I'm, I'm a fan of the X-Files. I'm probably going to go watch when I get off the air. 
you know, and, and uh, at night I watch the X-Files all the time. It's, they play it on Comet here. It's, it's a station on Sling TV. And uh, I just let it play, you know, and so I'm probably going to go watch that. And I remember as a kid just being fascinated with the possibility of alien life. And I still believe in it, even though I don't know what it is. And maybe the way I believed in it before, I don't quite believe in it now. Anyway, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what it is, what we think it is. Theories for the future. Tony Arterburn, what's up? Well, I'll start the conversation off by saying that I'm recording here uh, from Denison, Texas, which is the home of the term flying saucer. It actually comes from the late 1870s. I pulled up the story. You can go on pretty much any search engine and find it. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Right. But it's it's a history that's here in Texas, and it's also the home of Dwight Eisenhower, who also has in UFO lore has a role in 1954, supposedly, again, supposedly, this is part of UFO lore, kind of like Majestic 12 or the mythos of Hangar 18 or any of those other things that Dwight Eisenhower, and by the way, Don has had Eisenhower's granddaughter on his show, yeah. I protest. She also believes that he met with the Nordic extraterrestrials uh, at Edwards Air Force Base, I believe, in 1954. There's, uh, It's a weird... You know, the press actually reported that he had died of a heart attack and then retracted th that day, um, supposedly. And uh, I, I've been looking it up this la last week or so. And I'm sure Chris and Mr. Anderson will have some stuff to say on this as well. But, yeah, we we live in an era now where we've kind of transitioned from the Roswell crash of 47, uh, the National Security State Memorandum 1947, NSC 68, the Cold War mythos of ufos has transitioned into something else because the cold war mythos and everything that came out of the the national security state post 1947 it was about suppressing information and now it's about molding a new narrative using the backdrop of their real because for decade upon decade you were just a crank and you didn't you know you weren't uh, mentally sound and you you're going to have your career ruined and everything else but now you have major commentators, people like Tucker Carlson coming out and talking about, I mean, not just craft, but recovered bodies and uh, technology and like it's cool. Like it just like that was just the, something that it's normal. And I think with Lou Elizondo and all the other periphery uh, spokespeople for intelligence agencies, whatever their background are, we're getting a new narrative. So I kind of wanted to, to start at least for Paratruther and, you know, if you want to with the Infinite Fringe and, and some of the other podcasts that we do, I really want to start unpacking all of this because it's a, I think it's a big part of our future to understand the past, how we got here, whether you're talking about the early developmental uh, research like Project Blue Book or Pod Project Sign or Project Grudge. These all came out of the uh, post-Roswell era and were meant to, again, shape narrative, but they don't have that. It's, it's a, I, we live in an open Project Blue Book now where they're shaping narrative in real time using media sources and saying, no, no, they're, they're real um, or at least real adjacent. And then putting out you know, people that are giving you half-truths and or maybe none at all, but it's sensational and they don't deny it. I find it funny. People like Chuck Schumer are out front for the truth. Well, that's your first red flag 
when you got somebody who's, you know, I remember his statement on 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 President Trump, you know, on Donald Trump when he said, uh, well, hey, the, the intelligence community has six ways from Sunday to get you, you know, even if you're president. And I thought, OK, well, this guy's in the bag for intelligence. Well, now he's pushing disclosure. OK, so this is why it's important to have these conversations. And so I thought even in the span of an hour, at least we can start it. We'll start episode one. Best history, best evidence. What are they? What are we looking at? Predictions. And um, that's the way I wanted to to start off the show. So thanks for throwing it to me first. You're uh, you're muted, I believe, brother. Uh, finally, it's working. Apparently, well, that that's good. You know, um, <laughs> what's what's disclosure, right? Like, I mean, everybody talks about disclosure, and they're like, "Well, we we're, we've already had disclosure." I don't believe we have. Um, just because the government stands there and says that it's real, that doesn't mean that it is. I, I want to see an alien land on the White House lawn. Uh, preferably if Trump is president, I'd love to see that happen. And, um, and I still may <laughs> because not Because of an abduction? It. Is that? <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, if, if they can abduct him and do, and do uh, you know, uh, experiments on him, probing him, you know, and, and implants, <laughs> all that. You know, uh, Bud Hopkins was the guy, you know, here in New York, man, that I I, um, I really wanted to talk to. And he, he passed away in like, I think it was 2011 or something. Um, but but I would have loved to have talked to him. And he was right here in my backyard. And I know, you know, um, but uh, but yeah, until an alien comes. And I still may not believe it. That's that's the age that we live in right now. Even if it happened, I still may not believe it. Like I'd be fooled by Project Bluebeam, Billy. I I don't know. I'm just that jaded, unfortunately. You know that at at this point they can fake whatever they want. So why would I believe it? And and they're priming us for it, right? They're priming us for something. They're letting everybody know that this is happening in in South American countries. I say this all the time, but it's everybody talks about UFOs like it's commonplace. Like yeah, yeah, I saw one. There goes that one or whatever. Yeah, they came down. You know, um all types of alien species. They, they talk about it like freely. It, that wasn't the case here in the United States up until very recently. And, 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 and Tucker Carlson started talking about it. That's a problem. That's a problem. You know, when, when, when Fox news is, is talking about it, you know, and then to the stars, like blink One Eighty Two. what, what the hell, you right. know? And, I mean, they, they, they sucked as a band and now they destroyed the UFO uh, lore for me. Cause I don't believe it. You know, I don't believe anything that comes out of their mouths, man. I, I really don't. And, and it's been a whole bunch of nothing, to be honest. What, what's come out of this besides speculation? That's it. Well, that, that's where I'm at, Billy. So yeah, to the stars, I mean, the guy who co-founded it, I believe, was this guy named Harold Puthoff, right. who was one of the guys who was investigating at SRI, Stanford mm. Research Institute, for a long time. He was a Scientologist. He was actually a really smart guy. I mean, you have to remember... Um, the the ruby laser was invented in something like 1960, and this guy got a PhD in laser physics at the at the latter end of the 60s. He was a right. smart guy, but he also worked for the CIA and did plenty of misinformation. And Tony mentioned that guy, Louis Elizondo. He's on yeah. the board to two the stars. And so that's the thing that really stuck with me that got it into motion was that New York Times article, right, in 2017. Um, regarding the advanced aerospace threat identification program that Elizondo supposedly was in charge of until 2012. It was backed by money um, that was pushed through by Harry Reid that they didn't even want to have a discourse on publicly about because it was a black project. 
And then also he gave all the money Harry Reid did to his friend, this guy named Robert Bigelow, who I guess is a government gigolo. And <laughs> and he, he had CIA, CIA connections too to the extrasensory perception project, which again cuts into RTI. So it and just Skin, seems like a Skin whole Mark lot of misinformation. Yeah, what would you Ranch, say, Chris? Skinwalker oh, Ranch too. Robert Bigelow, yeah, he owned it at a certain point. I'm yeah. not sure if he still does. No, he doesn't own it anymore. And Bigelow transferred from UFOs and the high strangeness into life after death. That's his new, he put all of his uh, chips on that table. Mm. Did you yeah, guys know that? And that, yeah, that's right. also, I, I don't know if it's just me, right? And, and feel free to disagree with me, but that's also incredibly suspect uh -huh. uh, for, for, for me. When, when somebody and, and, and does a complete shift to, to somewhere else where, where it's giving you uh, uh, a, a different stream of income, it's, it's I mean, if you're at least come out and say, hey, you know, I don't believe in these UFOs anymore. It was a, it was a bunch of nonsense. So I'm going I'm going in a different direction. I might respect that a little more. I don't know if that's what he did, but I would respect that a little more rather than just jumping somewhere else and doing a whole nother thing. You don't just abandon something like a UFO, especially if like. You've you've spent most of your life researching and and looking into something like this. You don't just leave it alone. Well, you know, well I will say perhaps and it's something that because I paid attention to this, at least as a periphery interest for my whole life since I could read. There's something to the like when I said when I use the term high strangeness, there's something to the phenomenon and UFOs and encounters and metaphysics. And it perhaps the entire uh, the nomenclature that they use for to the stars is a ruse in and of itself mm. because maybe it's not from there yeah you get what they're craft and we don't really know you know where they emanate perhaps they're from here yeah or perhaps this is uh a interdimensional or a, a civilization that is you know either deep within the ocean or a hollow earth type scenario, some, you know, Admiral Byrd's uh, findings in the late 1940s. I, I think that if you study it long enough, and if you look into the UFO, I mean, I'm not an expert, but you have books like Communion that came out, and I believe in the, in, it's, this is from the 90s, right, Chris? Yeah, it, early it was 90s. in the 80s because it was turned into a, a feature film with Christopher Walken, so it was in the early eight, 1980s. And Whit Whitley Strieber, He's kind of suspect too. Um, he's had kind of kind <laughs> yeah. everyone suspect, but yeah, yeah especially yeah, with him because he started questioning Building Seven pretty early on. Whitley Strieber and uh, he was actually on the mar on the money when it came to them. You know, the BBC, you know, losing the footage from the you know their archives and things like that. And he's he I don't know he to to me he's. He's suspect, but I mean, who who isn't? But I still want to talk to Whitley Strieber at some point. I, I wanted to. I reached out. I reached. I haven't. Out. I haven't. Right. Go ahead. Tell me what's up. I, no, I reached out, and uh, he didn't. You know, maybe because I'm small potatoes or or whatever. But he he didn't want anything to do with that. And I think he. I don't. Well, I don't want to say for sure, but there may be a fee involved. I, oh, I'm not, I'm not no, sure. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Red flag number one. We don't Seriously. need fees. Seriously, uh, uh, Roger Lear is is the alien implant guy that that I always found incredibly fascinating too. But 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 um, I'll tell you one thing about fees. I reached out uh, to Eric Von Doniken, 
right? Because yes. I thought that'd be that'd be excellent. I wanted to talk to him and, and speak to him about you know uh, ancient aliens, and chariots of the gods, chariots of the gods, you know all that. He's he's you know all of that was based on on that book, you know. Um, and um, he hit me with, yeah, I'll do your show, no problem. I'm like, go oh, great. He's like a thousand dollars an hour, and I, I literally was like the fuck out of here <laughs> an hour get out of like who the hell do you think you are you know and, and, and at that point it's like all right dude like you're in it clearly for the money clearly right like i mean you don't have to do my show but you don't have to charge me to do it either like i mean just you know i'm not interested in doing your show fine no problem right anyway um go ahead chris i'm sorry no, uh, stuttering John from Howard Stern. Uh, <laughs> he wanted me to pay him five hundred dollars, and I was like, "Nah, I'm, I'm good, John. I'm good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Well, I mean, little do all of you know, I'm charging you twenty five dollars a minute right now. Uh, worth it, though, for, the, for this stream. So, uh, very much worth it. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to pay that. Uh, I'll pay Tony Arderburn to be on my show. But that's they, it. They, they, they all do that. I went to AlienCon one year, and because yeah. uh, it was over here in Taiwan, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Giorgio, you know, the guy whose, you know, hair just sticks all the way up like a bird. He was charging $40 for a picture. Oh, God. Sucolos, right? Giorgio Sucolos. Yeah. 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 These dudes have become, and this is what what is is the head of of alien culture right now, right? Is is, uh, anybody who's on ancient aliens is on the highest demand, and it resembles uh, pro wrestling culture. Like, pro wrestlers go to... (laughs) They go to these conventions and they sit at a table and you got to pay twenty five dollars for uh for for a picture uh, that they sign and if you want to take a picture with them it's like forty or fifty bucks right that's the same model that the people from Ancient Aliens use and I'm like what the hell because right. they come off as as see wrestlers are carnies they've always been that way it's what it is right but these people come off as if they're trying to break something to humanity to tell people about the truth right about where we come from and what we're doing here and all this nonsense but they're all trying to get money and this is part of the way part of why i've been so jaded about it like i started watching ancient aliens the first season and i was fascinated like i purchased the whole first season it's like this is amazing then they were like season two i'm like yeah great we got another season then season three they started to you know started to stretch it a little bit i'm like okay Season four. Now you're reaching, bro. Now you're <laughs> you watch it, it now. Pretty, What's up? It gets pretty diluted. I love yeah, that yeah, meme. Yeah. You've probably seen it. It's Giorgio, and he's doing his best impression. And his <laughs> eyes are shut, and it says, I don't know, therefore aliens. And he's holding his hands <laughs> up. <laughs> it was always aliens, yeah. It was yeah, aliens. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, but uh, still, I, I still, like, very much want to believe that this is a thing, right? Um. I just don't know what I subscribe to more, like the interdimensional facet of it yep. or the actual outer space facet of it. I feel like if if aliens needed to, would if aliens found a way to come here, they're not coming here in a ship. You know, they're, they're not traveling through space in a ship, right? They, they figured something out of how to get here, how to teleport here or something like that, right? Or some type of wormhole that they could just pop up over here. I don't, I don't think they need a physical ship in order to get here. Right. So that, that's a big red flag for me when I hear ships, that's probably the government. Right. And if it's interdimensional, right. That that's a, that's another thing altogether. And I'm, I'm more open to that than I am to the other stuff. Go ahead, Tom. Well, this is the open question. And I often wonder 
if it's both going on at the same time or multiple facets of the phenomenon and and perhaps things are mimicking you know other real things so you don't actually know what you're dealing with like right. taking the shape or form very much like a chameleon right. i don't know i i go back we talk about craft you know all throughout history i think there's ample evidence of ancient aliens and, and von danigan was on to something about at least how ancient cultures may have saw seen the same kind of phenomenon throughout human history or dealt with it and perhaps there was interaction i remember when i was a little kid and i mean little kid i mean like eight years nine years old i would sometimes work for my dad he would send me down to one of his convenience stores and i'd mop and clean and sweep and there was a guy there was this guy who was a manager at one of the stores and uh he's probably in his mid-50s or 60s at the time real nice guy he said he was in the navy and he's he started telling me about uh, chariots of the gods when I was eight or nine years old about looking in the Bible and looking up for references, you know, about Ezekiel, the wheel within the wheel, um, you know, so, so many other, you know, Enoch bringing that up, even though that's not in the Bible, but you know, the, the, the history of, of, you know, Western civilization and what could be referred to as craft or even in the Bible, you know, the, the Israeli, the Israelites, they follow the pillar in the sky. Go ahead. Bill? Like Enoch was in the Bible though, like briefly, but he was. Yes, but I'm not the not the book of Enoch. Not but book, um, yeah, there's, you, you, like, right. there's like two books of Enoch or something. But anyway, go ahead, Tom. Sorry right. to interrupt. Right, it, you're exactly right. Um, but you just I, I I grew up thinking about this, and so you know we look at the, the the pop culture. Just there's this big shift, and that's what really bothered me. I was kind of head of ahead of this a little bit because I think right after uh, COVID nineteen eighty four kicked off. I started to ask myself, as far as sequences, what would it, what would be the next things? And so I started, I was like, my mind immediately, this is UFOs. And so I started to retrace all my steps and relearn things and reread books. Like I went back to um, uh, Jim Mars 1997 work, uh, Alien Agenda, mm. which is a great book. And that's how I learned about Dennis in Texas. And, but you you go back and there's there's definitely a his, history of craft. Now you have like the CE five the uh, Stephen Greer thing where you meditate and then you summon and there'll be a being there. They have an right. app for it on your phone. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking. <laughs> and they do. They have an app. They have an app. There's an app. The, Siri, the serious serious project, right? The disclosure project with Stephen Greer. Yeah, it's like Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, where they. Yeah. You meditate into another. Okay, so uh, again, I'm throwing out that, that I don't have anything to do with that. But I look at the history. There, there's like I mentioned, Dennis in Texas, flying saucer, the the, the nomenclature, and being presented into the lexicon. You're talking about way before winged aircraft. You're talking about, you know, decades before winged aircraft. Well, there's a whole, and I'm sure uh, Mr. Anderson and 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 Chris can go into this too. The 1890s in this country. Yeah. There's a massive amount of airships going on all over the country. People landing in airships, people resembling people, entities resembling human beings would have different stories, but very similar and different names. But they would get out and intermingle like, and it wouldn't ever be in a major metropolitan area. It's kind of like today when you get a UFO sighting, it's really never over a, a big city necessarily, unless you're talking about the Phoenix Lights. It's usually isolated. Yeah. And they would have these these airships go off and this was a phenomenon happening all over the United States. And you also have the Aurora crash in the late 1890s as well in Texas, Aurora, Texas, where they actually supposedly, and this is something Jim Mars looked at too. They buried a body like a small pilot 
Yep. It, it crashed into a, the, the judge had a windmill and it crashed into that and it like had a, they buried it in a well and supposedly the well was radioactive. I mean, there's a whole bunch of lore around that too. But there was, there was craft before we had craft that people were seeing in our, in our time that were recorded by the papers. And I don't think it's mass hysteria or that people were trying to compete with each other on what kind of they could make up. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I do think people were seeing something. And it's funny because some of them were like benign and some of the stories were absolutely terrifying. Like, you know, if you read the book, um, Flying Saucer's Serious Business, and I think uh, Mr. Anderson and myself listened to that book on audio on the way back from visiting Bill Cooper's grave back in 2021. Um, there's a bunch of stories in there about the late 1890s and like hideous beings getting out of like, well, they, what would they even be thinking they're looking at, by the way? It's, all they had is hot air balloons at the time. What would they think there's a, you know, a fixed craft landing in your cornfield and something getting out of it that looks hideous? I mean, why would some, I mean, and there's a, these are supposedly credible people at the time seeing stuff like this. So, you know, there was a, I don't think there was ever really a pause, but it really kicked off into the 1940s. And after we dropped the bomb, after we, harness the power of the of the sun you know somehow and did the fission bomb <laughs> well that that's basically no, what no, it I, is I was, I was thinking of a kyle dunnigan or sorry another bit oh <laughs> Jane Gillis. Sorry, but, sorry. that's, sorry. that's a, we need to play that skit sometime yes but but that's exactly what we we made some technological leap and i happen to think that there is something to that we detonated the you know uh, at los alamos uh, the, you know, the first bomb and then following that, you know, within, within two years at the same place, you know, Roswell was the home of the bomber wing that had the Enola Gay that dropped the bomb on, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. Okay. So there there's in, but in, oh, also UFO lore. I always find this interesting. Nobody ever brings it up. Supposedly, you know, they have them. We had the movie independence day which right. is, you know, July 4th. If you go back and look at the actual timeline on Roswell, it's July 4th. I don't know. Nobody ever put two and two together on that. that I, I, again, if you could, and a book that's not on Kindle that you can barely find anymore is, is Jim Marr's work. I'm going to read it, reread it again. Um, but there's a bunch of history in there. That's why, you know, there's something with the, the, the phenomenon itself with the craft and then we go into it, we make another leap in the 50s and 60s on interaction, what they call the CE protocols with close encounters, right, Chris? He's muted. You're muted, buddy. Yeah, yeah, the close encounters. Um, yeah, that was uh, right right on the kind of the dawn of uh, Project Bluebeam and things like that. Grudge, like you had mentioned. Yeah, so it was, it was right around that time. <clears throat> but um, you know what? I actually think UFOs could be. And uh, I haven't heard anyone else bring it up. I mean, you could have an interdimensional. That would be a good one because uh, there's a lot of sightings where the craft kind of blinks in and out of existence in a way or kind of like out of thin air kind of. You hear a lot about that. Could it be? It could also be uh, time travel. Like people bring up the idea that it could be human beings from the far future coming back to look, yeah. you know, look back. But I also go the other way. It could be human beings from the far past because we always hear about how ancient technology and how 
civilizations could have been uh, like way beyond what we have today. You know, I mean, I'll say, you know, as an example, something like Atlantis or the Egyptians or whatever, like something had to account for those pyramids and things like that. It could be aliens. I mean, that's a, a famous um, example, too, I guess, uh, that alien interference or whatever. But I think it could be a time travel or um, the most likely suspect is, in my opinion, I think they there was a worldwide and here's mr conspiracy hat tinfoil hat on right now i think with after post world war ii on a global scale kind of like in 2020 in a way where all the world governments kind of they kind of uh, agreed with one another or they agreed to work with one another and i think the whole ufo phenomenon from the 1940s going forward was kind of a uh, international not just domestic but international like spot like spying program because what's the better what better cover do you have when you know you got people that are afraid for their careers their lives you know their family and friends and just their reputation in general than to be labeled a kook at the time and that was, you know, what better cover would you have? Because no one, most people are not going to want to say, like, talk about what they saw for fear of ridicule, things like that. So I think I have a good feeling that a lot of, especially the one I saw in 1998, it was about almost a year to the month. It was in March of 1998 in Sharon, Massachusetts. I actually saw the black triangle that you hear about every now and then real silent kind of it's kind of like the saucer was of the 60s but then the triangle kind of took over in the the 80s and 90s and early 2000s and it, it was really creepy and it just made sudden movements and it was above a, uh, an old farm field you know in sharon massachusetts in the dead of winter and it had like a little strobe light looking down almost like the travis walton thing with fire in the sky which is another big uh, part of the reason i got into the whole ufo phenomenon going to see that movie because my father originally my father was supposed to take me to see the teenage mutant ninja turtles part three when they're time traveling back in china back to old china where he goes i'm not going to he goes, I don't want to see that shit. So he dragged me off to fire in the sky. You know what? It was one of the best things he, that guy ever did for me. It's uh, terrifying, you son. It's terrifying. <laughs> and when I, you know, it's funny. Um, Tony brought up uh, the Bill Cooper uh, grave thing. Coincidentally, I was like maybe a week or two after that going to visit Bill Cooper's grave. And on ar around that time when I was in Arizona, I went to Snowflake, Arizona, where you know, the White Mountains with Travis Walton, where that whole, whole story takes place. Coincidentally enough, another famous or infamous White Mountains in New Hampshire I went to because I went to see the spot, supposedly the or close to the spot where Betty and Barney Hill were abducted. And I actually went to their graves, too. That not it wasn't near the White Mountains, but it was also in New Hampshire. And. It's just weird that the two, those two stories, Betty and Barney Hill, their abduction, which a lot of people say is like, kind of like, I don't know if it was the exact first documented. I don't think it, it was, but it gets cited as being one of the, one of the most famous uh, beginning cases of alien abduction was Betty and Barney Hill. They were an interracial couple at the time. 
and for them to speak out like the way they did you know they didn't want any any of that attention you know if they hadn't experienced something terrifying because back then the interracial marriage thing was a big no-no so they didn't want any other kind of attention and they made a movie with james earl jones and i think rosemary harris i think or in the 1975 which was also the same year that travis walton uh got abducted supposedly i, I tend to believe it but but other the other thing I won't go on and on, but it's just weird how the the White Mountains was like not the same ones, but the White Mountains were in both of those stories, and those are two of the most famous cases of alien abduction, like in history, as far as modern history, at least. And uh, you know, it's funny. I used to uh, listen to Bill Cooper all the time, and other people in the late '90s, you know, like uh, Free World Alliance, you know. Uh, that website and everything and they would have articles all about how alien abduction stories could very well have been a military project as well just mm. human experimentation which i i put some stock into that some of that that too and cattle mutilations like there's all kinds of i think a, there's a lot of government interference like most people I and mean, in the x-files kind of supports that but the x-files producers chris carter and Vince Gilligan, they would come out and tell tell you that the CIA would routinely give them plot points and plot ideas all the time. They they also borrowed heavily from Bill Cooper, right? They went Bill over the, the entire right. concept from Bill Cooper. Um, yep. A couple of things, right? Just to, to to circle back to Eric von Doniken, yeah, um, because you know, I'm Ancient Aliens is is fascinating, right? It's a fascinating show, but um, uh, I. One of the things that caught me there was was Lord Pakal's uh, sarcophagus, right? I I don't know if you guys are familiar, but but it's probably are. Um, it's the the Mayan time travel. I mean, the Mayan space traveler, right? Because he's in a he's sitting down and he's got the gears, and there's the the fire coming out from from underneath and all that. And uh, my, my cousin is an archaeologist, right? I sit with her and I'm like, hey, come here. What does this mean? You know? She's like, because she's specifically uh uh specializes in mesoamerica you know um that's where i come from right <laughs> so that's what she does and uh and uh so she sits down and looks at it and she's like this is total nonsense what do you what, what do you why are you subscribing to this i'm like i'm not i just think it's really really fascinating i'm like can you explain it to me and she's like he what he's doing is he's just looking at this and and uh and interpreting what he sees as you know as a Iraqi or he there's no explanation of of what these uh symbols actually mean he he has no idea and she starts breaking it down and it's of course it's the it's a it's a mainstream explanation but it she has more more information behind behind her explanation than he did behind his you know which is all visual and uh and she goes you know that's that's Lord Pakal traveling to uh to to the underworld, right? He his his soul is moving uh, from the living to the dead, right? And 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 she broke down some more stuff for me, you know. And I was like, okay, all right. And then what was even more interesting, you know, because I was always fascinated as a kid with Ezekiel's wheel, because my grandmother read that to me while I was a kid, you know. And it's a wheel within a wheel within a wheel, right? And it sounds like, you know, when I when I got the explanation from ancient aliens, it's like, damn, I never looked at it that way, right? But but uh, there is such a thing as the wheel angels, right? There, there's uh, the the Ophanim, I think there is the is the seraphim, 
and the cherubim, right? And, and these are the angels, right? That 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 uh, protect the throne of God, right? And that's another explanation for it. They, uh, it's the the throne angels and the wheel angels, right? So that that, right. that there's that aspect of it. And but we we can look at it and turn it into whatever we want. But what did it actually mean? And what evidence do we have to say that it meant? What they, what they, what the ancient aliens people are saying to sensationalize this and clearly make money off of it because that's what they're doing, right? And so. I look at stuff like that and I'm like, man, we, we really need to reevaluate. Not, and I don't know much about the manas, right? You know, but, but that looks like flying saucers to me. But I, I'm sure somebody that, that is well-versed in, 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 uh, in the Hindu religion, right, will, will sit down and explain this to me and say, well, here's what this actually means. The Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, the Bhagavad Gita, right. Um, well, that's a, a whole other thing. All right, Mr. Yeah. Anderson, what's up? You were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say they're kind of like Rorschach tests. You kind of look into things the way you want to. Right. But on the, since we're going trending towards uh, the Bible, the thing that always gets me about it is it talks about in Second Thessalonians, because I'm a Christian. So Ooh. that's the lens through which I look at everything. It talks about a great deception or the great apostasy and how many will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and usher in a kind of new world order. So when this sort of stuff becomes in vogue, and people are no longer fearful of repercussions for being very public and actually monetizing these things. Like for, for me, I, I always look at Stephen Greer. And so one of the first things he categorizes as a lie that he immediately dismisses is the attempt to discredit these things, um, such as alien encounters as encounters with demons. He says that's an outright lie. Right. And that's usually the first one he puts up there. And the second thing he talks about is how they're good. And so, you know, with me, I uh, having the perspective I do, I always say, whoa, 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 pump the brakes here a little bit, because right. that would be a really great deception. And uh, it seems more and more people are getting on that bandwagon. But I actually, Tony, I was going to piggyback on what you were talking about um, with regard to flying saucers and serious business and some of the creatures that looked menacing. I mean, what do all of y'all think about that Las Vegas encounter this summer um, with the phone call? Yes. Where there was a landing and this kid was crying basically on the phone. And the only reason I think people in hindsight took it very seriously is there was dash cam footage from a police vehicle that caught the object um, yeah. that was looked like it was barreling down. Um, I don't know. I'll open that up to y'all. Uh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not familiar, right? So I'm going to let that, that go around. But uh, I will add this just now. I don't, I don't know if you guys heard, but there's a, a whole thing going down in Miami. I'm not sure. Yeah. Right. I'm not sure if it's right or wrong. I mean, real or fake. I have no idea, right? I, I'm just looking at what it's being put out on social media. And there was about 200 or 250 cop cars, according to the people's reports out there. And people are saying that there were large looking monster alien slash interdimensional creatures running around in this mall. When right? did this happen? This happened like within the last few days. Yeah. And, oh, and, uh, and they're saying that, that it was tons of cops out there. They had like 50 police cars at least. Right. I mean, and they have pictures of it, right? And I mean, what do you believe nowadays? But there's several pictures of it and it's tons. The police presence is ridiculous. And the explanation that they gave for it was that a couple of kids were having a fight. And yeah. they had to stop. <laughs> you know, so that it's interesting. Mars attacks. Yeah. Go ahead. Mars attacks. <laughs> what a great movie. Go ahead. Yeah, Mars attacks at the mall. <laughs> I'd go see that. <laughs> Tell them what's up, Chris. What's going on? I don't, I don't buy into any of that. The I know the exactly the video that Mr. Anderson is talking about. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I maybe I'm like like the rest of you. I think you guys were mentioning earlier. I don't believe anything on the news anymore. Right. So whether it's blue beam or propaganda, I, I was questioning the whole why it was becoming uh, you know popular uh, during the lockdowns because that's when the Pentagon started leaking out these videos, and they were going against protocol. Mm-hmm as opposed to in the past where you need to, you need to shun everyone that's New York Times yeah. New York Times right after Trump's inauguration 2017 right yeah. they, they released the Tic Tac video that's it was right. December yeah right right then <clears throat> so that had my red flags up right right around that time and I'm like is that the, the next level kind of like what Tony was saying like what are they going to use next and I think Don Don and I were joking about it off the air and I think he brought it up on America Unplugged he goes I wouldn't he goes I wouldn't put it past them that for Godzilla to be coming out of the ocean next you know like (laughs) who knows and he's unvaccinated yeah he's not wearing a mask (laughs) he's not wearing a mask he's all over here just Addison, hold that thought because we, we got yeah. about 20 minutes before before we have to bail right and i just want to say what's up to everybody at the freeworld.fm chat there's people there already we have a live show coming up after this right so so stay tuned for the rant cast uh coming up right after this and everybody on rockfin what's up uh we were going to migrate you guys over to uh to free world but we're, we're going to go on the honor system when we go off the air, come over to Free World. There's a live show on freeworld.fm. Um, anyway, um, go ahead, Mr. Anderson. No, I was just going to add uh, on to what Chris was saying. Yeah, that all reeks of bullcrap to me because real whistleblowers end up in a maximum security prison, you know, at Belmarsh. Um, yes. When you or actually dead. embarrass or, the government. Or dead or broke. Or dead. dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah real, as, as Don Jeffrey's work points out, real whistleblowers <laughs> – uh, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing but darkness for you. And, uh, you don't, you don't get the accolades. You're not a, what is that? Where was that guy? The Carabello guy that, um, he was the whistleblower on Trump and Ukraine and, uh, you know, they, they had to protect him at all costs. And I'm like, well, you're just so, you're just a shill for the, the establishment because the establishment does not protect real whistleblowers. Just look at Danny Casolaro. That's all. Yes. There you go. Wayne McCroy just sent me. Hey, what's up, Wayne McCroy? How are you? Just sent me a video right now because he's he's in the chat over at Free World and he sent me a video of the Miami incident. So I, everybody should go look at that because it's interesting as hell. I'll send it to everybody here if you guys haven't seen it yet. So um, I, I'll well, check it out, Wayne. And thank you for being over at FreeWorld.fm right now. Go ahead, Tony. Well, I, we're going to have more of these shows because this is not even we're, we're just touching the surface of and I, I want to dig deeper with my crew here. Uh, and thanks again to Mr. Anderson and Chris Graves. I mean, they make Paratruther happen. This is my you know, research show. And thank you, Billy, for allowing us to be on your platform. We have so much to talk about. There's so I don't want the real history of UFOs and encounters and the phenomenon to get muddied and sullied by whatever the hell this is now. And I can promise you, whether you're talking about the Miami incident, this the, I'm into trends. I follow history. I follow trends. We're going to be dealing with this more and more in the future. It's hands down something you have to learn. If you don't know what happened before, if you don't know the history of of whatever this is, um, then you're going to get caught off guard because the mainstream media is going, or whatever they are, by the way, mainstream, you know, the Mockingbird Press, 
is going to create something totally different, whether it's a, a project blue beam scenario or just a way to inflate another lockdown or, or the military industrial complex budget. I don't know. Um, but there is some, there is something nefarious buried in all of this. Uh, it's not pretty. I don't think that uh, there's a, there in, I don't want to rain on people's parades, but I think there's a lot of folks that, that out there that think this is our space brothers and people are here to help us. I'm not so sure of any of that. <laughs> I don't see any evidence of that, um, that, that anybody's here to help us. Um, I do know that, um, the reason that behold a pale horse was released was because some, the lady that, that was going to publish it for the work for Bill Cooper channeled an extraterrestrial. I don't know if you guys know that, that, uh, do you know that Chris, do you know that story? I don't. Yeah. I don't. Uh, supposedly she, ch and the, and the extraterrestrial said, uh, that it would be good for people to wake up to, to release the book. And, uh, and you, so, you know, you just remember Bill Cooper changed his tune in terms of the alien, uh, the whole extraterrestrial scenario too. Like he thought that that's why he kind of concentrated on more earthbound things later on yeah. in his last years, like things like Oklahoma city, TWA, all that stuff, nine 11, especially predicting it. Basically he, he publicly said that he was uh, coming away from the UFO things, right? He, he did. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's yeah. because he, he read, he read uh, a, a speech from Thomas Dewey. Yeah. And Thomas Dewey was, you know, it's where you get the Dewey decimal system. He was a socialist philosopher and a supporter of Leon Trotsky. He read a, a speech from Thomas Dewey during the First World War, basically saying that what would really benefit the mankind would be a, uh, a unified defense of the planet itself. Right. And that ended up, like, if you go back and, you know, listen to some of the speeches that Reagan had. Yes. In front of the UN. And by the way, Reagan had a, a, reputation for somebody who really followed the phenomenon closely and he a colin powell actually called reagan's love of this his little green men because he would always try to find like new movies or any kind of popular lore or anything on ufos while he was president but he spoke out again you know he spoke and said think how easy our jobs would be at the un between governments if we had an outside threat bill clinton i believe has mentioned it too and you know, we're always, if you notice something weird happened after the space program and gosh, that's a whole other, that's a, we, we're going to do that on paratruth or two. We're going to do something about the moon. Like we're going to do a, a moon paratruth or it won't be live. Cause we're going to need to really unpack a lot of stuff for history. Like what is the moon itself? Yeah. But something happened after our, the space program that ended really in 1970, December of 1972 is Mr. Anderson's remind me not, 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 not 1973. Um, but something happened like we never went back if we ever went i'm just I'm, this is an open question but you know what civilization goes backwards in technology were we told not to come back is is there something there's something very weird about all of this like our leaps in technology being stunted i follow that very closely why are we still in the same place like why you know the, the country that should be we should be leaps and leaps ahead of where we are right now and it seems very controlled those who control technology and, you know, even go back to the nineties um, and I forget the gentleman's name, but they, he was head of the Lockheed Martin skunk works and somebody finally cornered him on the parking lot and said, were you, were you talking about like, you know, he had said we had the technology to take ET home. Yep. Like, what does that mean? So I think there's, there's a lot of interwoven mystery to this. 
I don't know what I, they're doing now, but go ahead. Tony. What's oh, well, I, I, sorry. Yeah, you know, I, I was just going to say also in 1972 was when Stanford Research Institute launched their ESP research program. And Ingo Swan, who was one of the um, main people who demonstrated, uh, at least to them, extrasensory or remote viewing, um, he also questioned why the Apollo program ended and why the Soviet Union never sent a human and abandoned ideas to colonize the moon. So you have this kind of convolution of events all at the same time. And there's some real weird connections that I think maybe in a future paratruth where we can connect a lot of this alien phenomena to this ESP or ESP research programs. It's very interesting. Oh, I agree with you on that. I mean, uh, there's so much to unpack with re remote viewing and they, they just remote viewing and, and the and phenomenon itself and extraterrestrials that metaphysics, they all, they all connect. So it's not, it's not a ter terrestrial. It's not a, a thing that is in the third dimension. They're, these are, these are subjects that are outside of what I think our normal perception, normal reality. It's why they are the paranormal. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's people will probably laugh. Some people might laugh, but like during um, Bigfoot sightings, there's usually some kind of a UFO connection. Sometimes yeah. um, the ESP thing. I don't know what to make of remote viewing, to be honest. I, I'm open to the idea. Sometimes people put out the idea that some of these craft actually are being maneuvered like telepathically. Like that's like a, that's an idea that's there too. Do you guys remember whether or not, I can't remember if it was Buzz, Buzz Aldrin or Neil Armstrong who made the comment to uh, Houston during the uh, space mission uh, yes, Houston, there is a Santa Claus. Do you guys remember hearing that? No, I, we need to look that up and perhaps cover that. And I can try to look that up in real time. But I I pulled up something. Uh, supposedly, the idea, the, the idea was that they were warned off the moon because there were three huge saucers near a crater. And they never, I, I can't really find where... Um, the quote, whether it was Buzz Aldrin or Neil Armstrong, but supposedly on the radio transmission, he they kind of let it be known that there was some kind of a threat, that they felt threatened, and that maybe that we were warned off the moon. They just set off a whole conspiracy from a studio in Burbank with walkie-talkies? I've been to Burbank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice walking talkies. Yeah. Studio pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was looking at the, um, it was always fascinating me too. And I've got the clip. If you guys want me to play it, uh, we have just a little bit of time left. It's only like a minute 41, All right. but it has, uh, uh, the quote from, uh, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, he narrates it, but this, it has Colonel G Gordon Cooper had an encounter with the UFO and Cooper was, uh, was an astronaut. Go ahead, Chris. Oh no, he just Billy just did the Vulcan things, and I thought I could still do it, but oh, I was I just saw it out of the corner. Right. Of my, yeah, right. you guys want me to play that? And yeah, play it. Okay, there's just a little clip that I pulled up. One second. Find history. There we go. All right, stand by. There we go. Reports of strange, unidentified flying objects have continued to trickle in throughout the centuries, 
echoing incidents in ancient times. In the 1940s, the term flying saucer had entered the vocabulary of a stunned and fascinated world. Suddenly, seemingly everywhere, the skies were filled with UFOs of every description. In the ensuing decades, UFOs were witnessed by people from all levels of society. Even astronauts saw them. I personally believe in UFOs, and I believed in UFOs before I got into the space program. I just, I just personally believe that uh, there are other civilizations somewhere out there that uh, people are traveling from. That's Gordon Cooper. This is in the early 1950s when I was flying fighters in Germany. And these objects were coming over our base that appeared to be the same kind of formations that we fly in our fighters. On occasion, their movements were more erratic than ours, which meant they could really accelerate laterally and accelerate fore and aft more readily than we do. But we felt that they looked very much like high-flying fighters, except they had no wings. They were certainly higher and faster than any airplanes we know of here on Earth at that particular time. And they certainly appeared to be saucer-shaped and metallic. Well, that's just a little clip there. That was off the History Channel. And I always like to see something that, you know, you get these astronauts and test pilots and people coming out and saying, no, I saw that. I saw. Or you have, uh, you know, Mount Rainier, uh, 1947. This is right before uh, Roswell with Kenneth Arnold. I, again, that's, I don't want people to lose sight of the actual history. And that, I think that's what's happening right now. It's taking a... It's like they're removing the decades of history before the Tic Tac video, which, by the way, if you ask me, I don't think that's an extraterrestrial vehicle. Me neither. Right? No. I, I, the, some of these phenomena that they're sending out on these naval ca- I'm like, oh, that's us. That's We're, we're screwing with uh, – got, we've got some new test thing, and we're using the military – the you know the standard military to to bounce off you know what it is and see what their reactions are i don't think i don't think that's at least the majority of them there may be some that they have like if you see and gosh we should pull that we should have had this up too because we don't have enough time but there's the the, the nuclear silos all throughout the 1980s the cold war tensions and they'd have they replay videos of them doing test launches and there'd be craft circling it and hitting it with laser beams in the you know, 60s and disarming too, Tony. in the 60s too like there was a famous east coast blackout in 1966 all through that time and i don't know if billy billy ever uh, heard of that the blackout from 66 yeah but like new york city boston like everything and there were all kinds of sightings around nuclear facilities and electrical plants of like saucers because right. that was like the that tended to be the type of you know you had later on like like I had described like the black triangle and then you had the cigar shaped ones and you got orbs and all that but the 60s it seemed to be ripe for the flying saucer and they were always being reported around uh, you know nuclear facilities and power stations and things like that so i think just some some people thought maybe they were draining some power but sometimes they even shut them down and scared the hell out of everybody like the nuclear sites like like they would just shut them down almost to say like look what we can do <laughs> try right. to stop us you know 
Yeah, well, you know, it's it's one of the great questions of 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 life, right? If if we're alone or if uh, if there's more, right, outside of of this realm in reality. Well, and and I guess we'll never find out until it's time to go. And uh, right, so we all will find out, just probably not here because we're not going to get disclosure. At least that's my prediction. Let's get up out of here, Tony. Tell them where they can find you. You can find me at arterburn.news. It's my website, uh, Paratruther. Uh, follow us anywhere podcasts are found. You find these two wonderful gentlemen, Chris Graves, Mr. Anderson, uh, top-notch researchers there when we do a, a Paratruther episode and uh, my radio show, the Arterburn Radio Transmission, Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show. Do I need to start listing all the shows that I do? I'm on America Unplugged uh, on rockfin.com on the America Unplugged channel, anywhere podcasts are found. And of course, the sponsor of this program, which is uh, Wise Wolf, Gold and Silver, Wolfpack.gold, monthly membership, Silver and Gold. We give you a, a price break and a detailed invoice. Go check that out. You can afford precious metals, Wolfpack.gold. All right. All right. Uh, Chris Graves, let them know. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, no, I'm on Paratruther, and I, I look forward to many, many, many different things and more alien or UFO type things to, in the future. That's exciting, especially the moon. And uh, I got Cranium Blender, which is like a pop culture music uh, show on Wednesday on Free World FM. Digging Chris Graves on Friday nights right after I protest with Donald Jeffries, and my old show Get Mad. What I was able to salvage of it. We're playing that on uh, on Monday nights on freeworld.fm. Fantastic. All right. Uh, Mr. Anderson, tell the people what's up. <laughs> Not much is up. You can find me at the Milford School if you're familiar with the rest of development. Um, <laughs> other than that, just parachute Fantastic. Good to, good to have all of you guys on the show. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Stay tuned for the Rain Dot Rantcast. It's every Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, with Chris Yannick uh, of uh, AM Wake Up with Steve Poikinen, but this is his show, The Rained Out Rancast, right after this. Next week, we'll be back with Primetime with Billy Ray Valentine, and it probably won't look anything like this. Uh, so uh, if if you're ready, come sit down and, and come talk to me about, you know, my rantings and my ravings. Theinfinitefringe.podbeam.com. We're getting up out of here. Don't burn the place down while we're gone, all right? Bye-bye.